This recording is intended to be used as an educational resource for healthcare providers. It is in no way a substitute for the independent decision making and judgment of a qualified healthcare professional. It should not be used to make a diagnosis or to overrule the advice of a qualified healthcare provider, nor should it be used to provide advice for emergency medical treatment. Hello, and welcome to Open Pediatrics Nursing World Share Practice Forum. My name is Dr. Michelle DeGrazia, and I'm delighted to introduce to you my colleague, Dr. Jean Connor. Dr. Connor is the Director of Nursing Research of Cardiovascular and Critical Care Patient Services at Boston Children's Hospital. Dr. Jean Connor received her PhD in 2003 from Columbia University School of Nursing in New York and completed her postdoctoral training through the Harvard School of Public Health Pediatric Health Services Research Fellowship Program in Boston, Massachusetts. Her program of research focuses on the development and implementation of nursing quality measurement and the work of nursing as it relates to patient outcomes. In 2009, Dr. Connor led the development and implementation of the CAMEO, a pediatric nurse acuity tool that is reflective of current nursing practice. We are here today to discuss this work and its application to pediatric practice. Jean, thank you so much for your willingness to share your work with us. Thank you, it's a pleasure to be here with you. So Jean, to begin, can you please explain to us why it's so important to measure the work nurses do and provide a little background about the nursing acuity measurement? Yes, um, you know, I, I think that so much of how we think about nursing um, has such an opportunity to be articulated, to be measured. And it was impressive to me um, the work that nurses are doing at the bedside and how little is understood in, in, in how we artic articulate that. I think that historically, um, when thinking about nursing measurement and nursing work, um, it really began in the 1970s and the 1980s and actually in an in adult ICU. Um, and it was that initial thinking about how we should measure um, actually the acuity of the patient that was related to the work that nurses were doing to maintain that patient's stability. And so it really was the focus on um, that more hands-on uh, direct care that were those initial tools and, and, and how they thought about nursing work. And it was that that um, slowly made its way um, I would say nationally. Um, probably that earliest tool was um, the, the TIS, the Therapeutic Intervention Severity Scoring System. And it was that work um, that really kind of led the way for how we thought about nursing work. But really, when it was first articulated, it was really to be a proxy for how stable a patient was, the actual acuity of the patient, that, that concept of acuity um, was how those earlier nursing workload tools were defined. So are there other tools that have been used through the years? So again, I think it was the TIS that really led the way um, for everybody, the work that Dr. David Cullen, who actually was an anesthesiologist, so not a nurse, but an anesthesiologist actually uh, drafted this first tool. Um, but it was from there that there were other tools that were built off. So the, um, the nine equivalents, the manpower use score was one, the nursing activity score was one. Um, but interestingly, there were no pediatric tools. Okay. And so these were all adult-based tools, mm -hmm. which I think is an important distinction 
important when thinking about how do we measure pediatric nursing work. And so it was that idea that really, when the opportunity came to me to think about how one would measure nursing work, um, it was interesting for me as a nurse scientist at the hospital, I have the opportunity to work um, not only with the bedside nurses, but also our administrative leaders. And so it was really within the space of probably a week um, that I had um, some of our really best experts in the ICU clinical experts say to me, you know, we need to um, have a way to measure our work. It's very hard for us to just always say, we're busy, we're busy, right. or we've had six transfers, or there were three codes. Um, Parallel to this conversation, I was also hearing from our nursing um, leaders, Dr. Patricia Hickey, um, who was really talking about this in a way that the, the leadership was struggling with how they should reflect the acuity of patients, the, the, the care of patients. Um, historically, what they have to um, guide their assessments is the case mix index, or mm -hmm. CMI. And so she felt that it was not a good representation of what was happening in the ICU. So from both that administrative um, conversation and the clinical bedside conversation, it really had me thinking about how we could best capture this current work at the bedside. So, so, so that's kind of what led to that, that first thought that we need something that is current, that is pediatric, and that it's that full scope of nursing. So I find it interesting because you know you had talked about the fact that there were these tools out there, but they weren't pediatric. So there is a uniqueness to delivering pediatric care. Um, what are some of the things that one would want to think about in right. terms of that? So it was impressive to me when looking at um, these adult-based tools mm -hmm. that there was some reference to family or family support, but but minimal. Um, there's was also no reference to developmental needs. Mm -hmm. And so for us in pediatrics, we care across, well, especially here at Boston Children's Hospital, we care across the age spectrum. So we are meeting families while still in utero mm -hmm. um, all the way um, for some of our diseases, our cardiac diseases, um, well into their adult years. Um, but we realize that there is a different level of dependency mm -hmm. based on where that patient and family is. And so as an infant, that the total care needs are dependent on the nurse, where this might you know, change as one, and then also when they get on the other side, how the dependency might increase. So this was something that I thought was so important to the work nurses were doing. Um, if there were developmental delays, so not only if they were young in development or older, um, if there were uh, developmental delays, you know, what, what would that do to the work of the nurse? And so I thought that pediatrics really had a unique voice there. Now I want to pause for a minute to ask our viewers a question. Please first state your city and country location. Do you currently use a nurse acuity tool to measure nursing workload? If so, what tools do you use and what limitations, if any, have you identified with these tools? And now we're back with Dr. Connor. So Jean, how does the Cameo tool stand apart from other acuity measures? So that is such an important question. I, um, in, in thinking about what I was hearing from the clinical bedside and what I was hearing from our nursing administrative leaders, I really started thinking about nursing 
work? Um, how does work happen? And historically, also, um, tools that had been developed really measured a frequency of how many times uh, a certain nursing activity was carried out or how long, so the actual time component. Um, I, I, I thought that there was an opportunity to really reflect what nurses are doing, um, and it's that critical thinking. Mm -hmm. And to really um, think about it in terms of not so much the patient physiology, of course that's important, but really to use that acuity um, focused on the provider-related acuity. So that, that burden um, of the, the provider actually, that skill, that mental focus, um, that level of surveillance that needs to be possible for the patient to have an optimal outcome, that we really wanted to capture that full scope of nursing and mm -hmm. its critical thinking. Now, the way that the cameo works is that it really takes that very broad construct of provider-related acuity and focuses on two things. It focuses on the cognitive workload. Mm -hmm. So that is really just defined by that critical thinking, that intellectual processing. So the nurse going to the bedside, um, performing his or her assessment, making the plan of care, um, putting the plan of care in place and then going back and, and reassessing. So, so that's that cognitive workload, understanding that when a nurse is taking care of the patient, it's not just the hands-on care. That critical thinking is happening throughout that hands-on care. And even when that nurse steps away, that mm -hmm. critical thinking possibly even is even higher after leaving that patient's bedside. We felt that it was important not only to describe the work in this cognitive workload, but to also quantify it in terms of complexity. So how complex that cognitive workload is. So the Cameo does two things. It offers you a description of the overall workload, but then quantifies it into one of five levels of complexity of that cognitive workload. And, and that's the first time um, for nursing work to be measured, not only in its description, but then quantified dead on to that provider-related acuity. So cognitive complexity is a new term to me, and that just seems so com. I say complex. It's That's part the of word, the term, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, it just seems like a really big challenge to be able to measure something like mm -hmm. that. And um, so, what do you see as you know? How have people responded to this? Right. This right. Um, concept. Well, you know, so it was interesting. Um, right around the time, and so, you know, timing is everything in life, but at the time that I was hearing directly from the bedside and directly from our nurse administrative leaders, and oh, by the way, they're my actual partners on this, uh, Christine LaGrasta and Dr. Patty Hickey, um, I, I realized um, that we would need funding to support mm -hmm. this kind of work if we were going to actually try to articulate this and, and define it. Um, and so, I had just received funding from our hospital's program for patient safety and quality. That was in 2009, um, and then later in 2012 to carry the work forward. Um, but it was that first idea of how should we measure it, mm -hmm. and realizing that it wasn't going to be just defined by one person, that we needed experts in the field. We started the work originally in our cardiac ICU, um, and so at that point used a consensus-based approach. Mm -hmm. um, we uh, convened an expert panel mm -hmm. um, and allowed that team to really articulate nursing work. How would they define it in that construct of cognitive workload and then further quantify it um, by complexity? So, Jean, this seems like such a daunting task. 
For me and for the viewers, could you help by explaining a little bit more detail about the process you use for studying this? Right. So, so the whole idea of the Delphi methodology is that you really you you don't have a foundation. It's it's almost at that part, point you're you're asking experts in the field to help you lay the foundation to help you define what it is mm -hmm. you're trying to measure in this instance. And so what we did was that we sent an invitation out um, mm -hmm. to um, a number of nurses in our cardiac ICU. And I think we ended up with about eight. It was six to eight um, members of the cardiac ICU that were uh, clinical nurse specialists. We had one of the nursing managers, uh, clinical care coordinators. And then we had a variety of bedside experience too. Okay. So we uh, provided the charge to that them, what we were asking them to do, which was really help lay the foundation for how they should be able to articulate their work. Mm -hmm. um, it was actually well received because I think the timing was right where nurses realized they did not have language that was really well understood beyond we're busy. Right. Um, and so it was that idea that as a first step, we were very transparent to the process and that we reviewed a number of nursing tools that were already available. Mm -hmm. Now, again, as I mentioned, these were adult-based tools, but they were still ICU tools. And did they have any relevance to the pediatric critical care nurse? Um, so what we did as a first step is that we asked each of the expert panel to use those available nursing tools we had the three tools, the, um, the, the TIS, the Therapeutic Intervention mm -hmm. Severity Scoring System. We had the Nursing Activity uh, Scoring System. And then we had the nine equivalents of manpower use. Those were the three. And just go use them in your patients. Mm -hmm see what you find. Okay. Now, in that very first round, and that was the first round mm -hmm. that we considered in the Delphi process, um, we asked them to not only um, talk about the feasibility of using the tool, um, but the clarity of the tool, and, um, and, and it was it relevant. Mm -hmm. Did it really articulate their practice? Um, so in that first round, each nurse uh, uh, completed the tool on five patients, um, and then they brought back their feedback. Mm -hmm. And it was the feedback that we received that, well, yes, in some ways it was feasible, although the language felt very awkward. And when you think about how we spoke about our nursing practice 20 years ago, mm -hmm. it's, it's changed. So, and so yes. that was noted. Yeah. Um, it was also noted, um, that it really didn't capture their work. And this was the first moment that I realized that they were really wanting something that told their whole story, not just part of their story, meaning that direct patient care. Because it was interesting that those tools really focused on the direct hands-on mm -hmm. care. It did not focus on what we later learned was just as important, the care coordination. Okay, I was just going to ask for some examples the, of what that yeah, might be. Yeah, the care coordination that mm -hmm. a nurse is doing in the current day okay. uh, was not something that seemed to be measurable, or at least wasn't recognized right. as part of nursing work. Um, the, the teaching mm -hmm. for families, the support for families, um, much of the discharge education, you know, thinking that discharge starts at the point of admission. This is still happening in our ICU. You know, it doesn't start That's when true. they leave the ICU. So those were the things that were not being captured um, in, in, you know, along with that direct patient care. So some relevance, but not um, a real capture mm -hmm. of everything that happened in their shift. So that allowed us to um, continue through a series, I think it was uh, two or three more rounds, mm -hmm. where we said, okay, we're gonna have to tell a bigger story here. Mm -hmm. And so the charge became, well, let's 
just list everything that mm -hmm. you do. Just just tell us everything that you do. And so myself and Chris LaGrasta, who was the clinical lead, yeah. um, we were very involved in that phase and just getting it all down. Well, we got it all down and it was seven pages <laughs> of nursing work. Um, but that allowed um, the expert panel to feel that there was a comprehensive picture that was starting to emerge. Mm -hmm. um, and then that allowed us that next step saying that for each of those nursing tasks, those nursing interventions that you put down, um, how would you rate that in terms of complexity and that critical thinking um, and that level of surveillance? So those were the two things. So not only that critical thinking, but the level of surveillance mm -hmm. that you know defines complexity. And so they were able to score each of those items on a scale of uh, one through five. Mm -hmm. So they can go between one and five for each of that. Um, that was an important exercise yeah. because that was the first time that they were able to actually give something a number. Mm -hmm. And so between that list of all the activities um, and the scores that were next to them, Christine and I uh, basically developed, uh, I think it was 14 domains of care. Okay. And so within those 14 do domains of care, it encompassed not only the direct um, but also the indirect. Okay. Um, and one uh, domain that became um, very new um, to other tools previously put forward was the idea of environmental management. Okay. Right. So again, another part of the nurse's role, um, supporting the, the, the unit beyond the bedside. So That's something we don't usually think about, right? Well, we just They do. wanted <laughs> us to. So, you know, a common activity was uh, precepting. Okay. So yes. this, of course, you know, commitment to other staff, right? Growing staff, um, orienting staff, but at the same time, really increase their workload, mm -hmm. right, to do that. And that's becoming so important in this time when we are starting to see a lot of nurses retiring from the profession. Mm -hmm. It's really important that we quantify that time we're spending with these newer nursing colleagues of ours. It, right? it needs to be recognized, especially at the point of staffing, mm -hmm. um, staffing decisions, staffing assignments. Yeah. Um, and so it was interesting when we started this work, we said, well, let's just develop a tool. Um, it, it didn't happen right away, but as we started developing the tool, different ideas for how we would use the tool. So not only in that real time, mm -hmm. right, assisting in staffing assignments. So just to your point that when you're precepting, that increases the workload. Let's, let's think about that yeah. assignment. What's that assignment going to look like? Um, in times when nurses are doing um, maybe the patient is stable, but there is all this other support happening. Some often refer to it as that invisible care. You can't see that care important in a staffing assignment. Um, and it was just as important to our administrative leaders in building those staffing projections. Mm -hmm. So as the tool was developing, people were really starting to think about how one and, uh, and what it would be used mm -hmm. um, for the, the, the tool as it was developing. So in terms of, I mean, you had said that this is a seven-page document that started. In its first version, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me a little bit about how you were able to make that um, something that's usable at the bedside. Right, right. Just as we did with our first round of our Delphi, the very first thing that we asked our nurses, is the tool feasible? And so we really had a feasibility issue. I mean, that, that's, you know, the thing that was very obvious to us that now that we had it all, 
how do we actually <laughs> use it? <laughs> and so it was um, really the, the patience of our cardiac ICU staff that allowed us to go through our process um, to really, on a daily basis, if you could believe this, they did this for a number of months, wow. um, completed the cameo, and it allowed us to identify almost a standard of care. And so meaning that every patient, every day, every shift is going to have a certain type of nursing activity mm -hmm. um, completed. And so an example would be a physical assessment, right? right? So every patient gets a physical assessment. Um, the documentation of that patient, mm -hmm. so electronic uh, documentation. Um, so skin assessment, all, all of these things that we know that nurses do, every patient, no matter what their care is, um, allowed us to create a listing of that standard of care. And so what Chris and I did was that we took all of those completed cameos and that looked at an item that it was, if it was 95% or more and completed on the cameo, it allowed us to create, I think it was 54 or 56 items mm -hmm. that we were able to move into the standard wow. of care column. And so that created an opportunity for the nurses then to just take the remaining items and that if those things were done, they would check off that. So it allowed us to go from seven pages to one page double-sided. So that's been a successful um, so, transition? You know, again, I, I think that feasibility, you mm -hmm. know, I mean, anytime you ask a nurse to take time away from patient and families, right? That's valuable time. Sure. Um, and so we have uh, continued to refine the cameo and that's that kind of latest thought that's actually currently happening in further uh, collapsing things and bundling mm -hmm. uh, care activities um, to be able to do it as a 30 second tool. So right now, the mini cameo, if you will, is something that takes probably about two minutes or less. We felt even two minutes was too long. And so that idea, could we further based on all the information we have even further um, uh, refine that story, focus that story for them. And so that is in the works, but also it was always our vision mm -hmm. to have a measurement that would be automated okay. in that the all of the information that's on the Cameo comes from basically three sources. It comes from the, the, the medical information of the patient, it comes from the pharmacy profile, and it comes from nursing documentation. And those were all items that were available in, the, in our electronic record. Mm -hmm. um, we did use standardized terminology, the nursing interventions uh, classification system. Um, that was something that was a very standard way to talk about nursing work, so we embraced that terminology. But it was always the idea that we would have an automated um, tool um, as a way to not provide further burden right. on, on our frontline staff. And the staff. nurses don't have to. Exactly. There's a redundancy in their exactly. documentation that way. And, and I think that's what the nurses have always seen as a vision for mm -hmm. them to realizing that there was such an opportunity for how they were speaking about their work and how it was reflected in the electronic uh, medical record. This is just fabulous work, and it sounds like it's really catching on. Um, so where are you now in the process of the cameo? Where, where do you see it going next? So um, many different possibilities. Uh, the, the cameo was always um, more about science mm -hmm. and really making its way into that practical use. Okay. Um, 
But what was um, really part of that national conversation to some extent about nurse-patient ratios um, was something that was very much happening out in California. Okay. Uh, Dr. Patty Hickey actually did a tremendous amount of work in this area and was very knowledgeable. Um, well, in this last year, that conversation has uh, become part of the Massachusetts uh, state law that in uh, 2015, um, a law was signed um, to uh, to guide nurse staffing. Um, and this was for our intensive care units. Mm -hmm. um, and what was also important about this was also the need to use an acuity tool to inform those staffing decisions. And so the Cameo um, really became part of that conversation here at Boston Children's Hospital. We really um, used that work that began in 2009 mm -hmm. um, to let the state know how we articulated our overall practice, how we thought about our staffing assignments. So much about the Cameo is really that synergy between what the, the, the patient needs are, mm -hmm. right, and the nursing skill to support that, right? So that's the, that you know, best possible opportunity to match that, to synergize that. Um, and so when we thought about how we would put forward our way of measurement, it was the cameo that okay. became part of that story and was presented to the Health Policy Board um, throughout the hearings. So I'd like to pause for a minute now to ask our viewers a question. First, please state your city, country, and location. Are there laws in your countries, states, or districts that govern nursing practice and require you to monitor nursing acuity? If so, can you describe to us what those laws are? So now we're back with Jean. I have a question for you in addition to kind of like the greater policy piece. Um, you talked about the starting off in the cardiac ICU. Mm. And where are you now in terms of, I mean, for feasibility, for practicality, this has to be a tool that can be used elsewhere, right? That's right. So, so just as we said, the story started in the cardiac ICU, but clearly hasn't ended uh, there. It still hasn't ended at all, actually. <laughs> um, and so this idea of that cognitive work and measuring how complex was something that was very understandable and translatable across our hospital, actually. Mm -hmm. um, and so I did receive the charge from our nursing leadership um, to really uh, adapt the tool across mm -hmm. our ICUs. And so that was the first thing we did was that in, let's see, February 2014 is when we had a tool that went across ICUs and was right. being used across ICUs. But we followed that same methodology where we, for each unit that mm -hmm. we have introduced the Cameo, um, we have convened the expert panel, realizing that each unit has a uniqueness to it, yeah. a unique population and a unique care model. Um, and so it was to really ensure that the cameo would capture that voice no matter where it was. And so that was the first step that we um, implemented across our ICUs and then started um, in our uh, acute care area. So going beyond the ICU was a very exciting idea. Again, when nurses heard cognitive workload and the complexity. Um, critical thinking is happening everywhere. It's, right. it's not just our critical care units. So the idea was very meaningful for them um, and in some ways uh, more meaningful mm -hmm. and really articulating that full scope of that mm -hmm. care coordination and discharge teaching that happens in our acute care areas. So what other units have you used it in? 
to the state. So we have used it um, in addition to all of our ICUs, and we have four at Boston Children's Hospital um, that include a neonatal ICU, mm -hmm. which was very exciting. Um, we now have it in our acute care cardiac units, our acute care neurospecialty units, our um, acute care medicine units. Um, we now have a tool that's in progress in our intermediate care program, our ICP, um, and also our infant surgical uh, care unit. Jean, I wanna take this opportunity to thank you again for sharing this very important work with us today. Before we close, the segment, could you please tell our viewers how one can access the Cameo tool if they want to use it in their setting? Yes, so thank you, and, and it really has been a pleasure to share this work with all of you and across the globe. Um, and I think, you know, for us, we really do believe that Cameo is a very valid internal measure for how our care is articulated here. Um, we're now taking steps to externally understand that. And so in the midst of now uh, developing teams to work with externally, and we also now have the publication in the American Journal of Critical Excellent. Care this Congratulations. month um, that describes the cameo. And so happy to uh, work with those uh, that can contact us and we can uh, talk with them more about the cameo. So we'll provide the viewers with your email address yes. so that way they can contact you if they're interested in learning yes, more about course. the Cameo. Excellent. Yes. Well, thank you very much for joining us today. This recording is a production of Open Pediatrics, a free and open access resource for pediatric clinicians worldwide. For more pediatric care materials or to join our global community, please visit our website at openpediatrics.org.